Hi, this is Al Fuentes. Welcome to the Self-Empowerment Experience. Join me and my guests on a journey of their stories of their lives and how they have found themselves, found empowerment through everyday life. It's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's exciting. People from all walks of life come on the program to share their tools, their resources, their insights, so that you may benefit from them. Thank you for stopping by and tuning in. Yeah, we're on the, the self-empowerment experience. Okay. And um, Chris McLaughlin is our beautiful guest today, which I'm really excited about uh, because we've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. You're such a beautiful, powerful woman. And Thank you. I'm going to say a word that I want people to understand is not a... Um, kind of a buzzword for me. Um, I don't say it to or about very many people, but goddess is definitely a word. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. It's not just, oh, like, oh, such a, you're a female, then you're a goddess. Because while I do believe all females can be goddesses, um, it's not, they're more human than goddess in nature. But for you and how connected you are to Mother Earth and how natural you are in your way of being and how you live very empowered both in your health and your food and your and your exercise um how you show up for your children and your family how you just are amazing in business so that word is not uh, chosen lightly and i love wow. having yeah. <laughs> i don't take it lightly yeah um, that's a lot to receive thank you yeah you're very welcome but it's definitely deserved because i i've seen and witnessed how magical and powerful you are and so i really wanted to have you on and this process is pretty simple. I just we just talk. It's casual, Great. and um, I'm going to ask you some questions about your discovery. Because my goal with this podcast is to share with people not just my stuff or my story or <clears throat> what I think is cool, but people's real life experience of their journeys and journeys to empowerment, journeys to mm. the next level of their own life, mm-hmm. which is very important. And you're one of those people that's been on a really cool journey and yeah and you're you you're a very dear friend now so yeah i wanted to have you i'm so excited to be part of it and to talk about all this yeah so 2020 it's here Mm -hmm. yes and before we get into what that's going to look like for you just tell me a little bit about some of the things that have gone on recently in your life, kind of what's gone on with you, some of the transitions, some of the growth. You can talk about anything you want. Okay. I mean, how recent do you want me to be? Recent or as far back as you want to go. Sure. So it's so interesting because I was saying to my husband Ryan yesterday, I just feel totally different. So I don't really believe in or I wasn't totally attached to, I will say, New Year's Eve. Like a random ending and new beginning to me doesn't make any sense after 365 days. Like, I I don't know the history. Maybe there is a reason, (laughs) but I think it's random. But I will say there was something about the energy of like um, taking a moment to reflect, which is something I I don't do enough probably. And then also, like, I did a lot of work last year around goddess. It's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, as your descriptor Mm -hmm. last year in terms of exploration and then kind of integrating what would that, what does that mean for me in my body and my brain and my life to have goddess energy, to be goddess energy. And, and then, you know, when you're doing that kind of work, it can kind of be muddled and it's like muddy water. It's like when the ocean, when the wave crashes and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. But once it settles again and the sediment starts to fall back to the ocean floor, you can see like so clearly, oh, it feels so good this way. Mm-hmm. Like I see it now. Sometimes you need external people to help you get there, journaling, movement. You know, there's a lot of ways. Right. But I just felt this real, for the first time, sense of, knowing in how I'm moving forward. Mm. I don't, and, and it's different than how I operated before on some levels, and I've never had that feeling before. Yeah, so you said a couple things there, and I, I want to address them. Um, one of the first things you said was this concept of New Year's Eve and a new day, um, because it's a new year, like it almost justifies choosing to live kind of a thing. Um, 
and that's a hard programming for you because you kind of, well, not kind of, you definitely understand what it's like to choose to live every day. So yes. the difference between 19 and 20, isn't that, a, I got the essence. Yes, that was what, essence. But yeah. I love it for, if, if that works for other people, I think that's great, yeah. that energy. Yeah, but I, I do believe it touches on something really simple, mm. um, that if we can give less power to bigger events, whether it be an end of a year or a new year, and give more power to us choosing just day by day, mm -hmm. which it is a day by day choice, because yes. today we can choose it. Um, but it doesn't mean tomorrow it's going to happen. We have to choose it every day. And I know as long as you and I both have been doing this journey, like it's a choice. We have to choose it every, every day. day. It's easy to not choose it sometimes. Oh, man. <laughs> the humanness is so strong. Yes. And within us all, it's like uh, it's, it can be pretty intense. Yes. And so it's, it's active work. And I think that's a, a thing people um, misunderstand about this work. They think once you set it, it's good and you don't have yes, to do it. Yes, that's true. Do you think that's a major misconception? I do. I think two major misconceptions are one, it's extremely difficult work to do mm -hmm. and it's not. It just takes you um, consistency and actually making a small time commitment of five, 10, even 15 minutes is all you need. And I think the other one is, is okay, once you do something, then you're good. You got it. And it's not, it's like, not like that. that. It's not like that. Well, same with building a muscle. You can't go to the gym one time and think right. your bicep's going to be bigger. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and if you don't use them, you lose them, yeah. you know? Um, mm -hmm that kind of thing and and it's the brain's a muscle and that's the other thing that's really strange is people think that well I don't think that way so I'll never be able to think that way I can't do something so I'll never be able to do it but it when it comes to emotions or I've always emotionally been this way and that's just kind of how it's going to be mm -hmm. and that kind of brings me up to something for you I mean you've gone through some pretty big emotional transformations yes um is there anything you want to talk about around that like just the, some of the shifts, some of the wake up, some of the experiences that you kind of went through. I mean, you've been open about it in other forums, I know. So Sure. Were you thinking of something specific? Um, well, just even from the start of like doing some of this work mm -hmm. and knowing something wasn't quite there. But then once you started realizing what it was, you're like, holy crap. Like, yeah. I mean, there's so many that my brain is like, I don't even know which one to, to grab for you. Let's I mean, talk about the numbness. The Oh, the numbness, so yeah. the beginning. <clears throat> so, and when we first started working together, I assume, like, there's some preface to your podcast of the work you do? Um, maybe, maybe not. Shandling I'm here good. to really share for people. So okay, I, I'm, I'm so I cool. found myself in a very numb place where I, I was labeling it depressed. Um, and through working with you um, in, in sessions and then taking that those sessions and working through patterns and things that were shut down and emotions that weren't I wasn't allowing myself to either feel or I was constantly judging myself to not be able to do things I just realized all the layers that were holding me back mm. but that took years of work I mean that we're talking that was 2014 mm. that very first session um and there were talking about the, how the work is intense and it can take takes consistency there are periods in there where like I wasn't doing it as much and you kind of plateau and it's easy to walk away mm -hmm. um, if you keep going though with this kind of work where you're in tune with your start getting that that voice inside starts to become louder and clearer you or you pay more attention or you you're chipping the layers of it that have been built up around it off mm -hmm. through the work um, it, it does get easier to stay connected I do think you get to a point where where you you can't, the consistency in the work becomes more ingrained in your life as an yeah. is instead it's of a just need a way of to life. be a way of being. Yeah, yeah. And just so we're clear, like for people listening, um, your depressed state wasn't necessarily a big aha. Like I know I'm depressed. I mean, you had beautiful children that were going well. You had a, a beautiful husband. You I, had a beautiful family. Yes, I, this is how I explain it to people. It's like if you if you put me on paper, like my life resume, it looked like everything everybody would want. So healthy, came from a big, fun family, created my own great family, um, have a house and a car, and a, I'm making my own money in my own way, um, and you know, all, two beautiful kids, all the stuff that that they you, you're told like you need all this, and then you'll be happy. Like that's how you grow up: family, house, husband, right? And I had gotten there, and I was completely numb. And not happy and sad even. Mm. Not even not happy, I was sad. 
Um, and so I, I didn't know what I needed to do, but I didn't want to stay there. Right. And so through self-discovery, I helped to work myself up out of that numb state and that my life still looks the same on paper, mm-hmm. on the outside now, but I'm just completely different inside. All of that work was internal. Right. So everything on, on the outside now is pretty much exactly the same, except on the inside, you're lit up. Correct. And I would just say for anyone, again, out there, like the work, it doesn't have to be with somebody, although it can make it easier because, you know, people who have gone through the work, and that's for me, it's like I've done the work, so I kind of understand, well, not kind of, I definitely know the very clear stepping stones for each individual person, but if you don't know anything and, or no one and you're not, you're going to, you, you financially, maybe you're not in a place where you can hire somebody. Right, that's not I was there too. too, yep. Yeah, you just, it's really about so what it, what could people do if they weren't like simple journaling, sure. things like that. Um, I think whether there, I'm, a lot of activities are running through my head right now, and I'll and I will say them. But I think in the essence of it, it's like taking the time to listen to the little voice, taking the time to find two minutes, even when you wake up. Like if before your feet hit the ground, you can find some gratitude for something, or check in and say, "Hey, body, how are we doing today?" Or just connect to self in a small way. Um, but consistently every day, um, that, that you can start to feel into this, this person, your insides, um, taking your own cues, feeling your own body. And then the next step to that would be like journaling, starting to write, write down what you feel, what you see, what you hear, what you know, Mm -hmm. um, walking, just like especially if you have a dog, it's easy. You're always taking your dog for a walk to connect a little bit more to the things that you're seeing visually, yeah. the trees, the birds. Feeling your feet hit the ground. Yes. Touching the, the yeah. leash and feeling mm-hmm. the texture of it. Slowing down for something. Yeah. yeah. Even stoplights, when I teach manifesting classes, um, an easy way to incorporate um, a new habit is to do it while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. So brushing your teeth is a great way. Instead of letting the mind run rampant for those four minutes or whatever that you're brushing your teeth, hopefully in the morning, the night, maybe another time too, you can take control of what your mind is doing and have a gratitude practice or a body scan practice or um, a like planning my day, how I want my day to go practice, something. And because you're already doing it, once you um, do it, I think the the research is somewhere around like the 20th day mark. It is is now an ingrained habit. So if you can keep it going long enough, you know, under a month, a couple of weeks of trying to remind yourself. And in the beginning, you'll forget. And halfway mm-hmm. through brushing your teeth, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I, I'm supposed to be having gratitude. Yeah. And so then you just start. Yeah. That's the other big piece of this work is that there's no judgment on yourself. Acceptance. You have to accept when you don't do it, miss it, miss it. It doesn't feel like it was an awesome meditation or it doesn't, or you forgot to connect when you were walking because you were on your phone because you're in the middle of something important. All that's fine. Like grace is the biggest counterpiece to consistency, Mm -hmm. I think. That's a really great statement because acceptance, grace, doesn't add any extra pressure when when there's a guaranteed humanness that's going to trip things up. The number one... um, person you need to love is yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you have children, it's it's an easy place to find what that feels like to care for, or like a, a parent or an animal, like someone, if you can feel how you feel to care for them, mm-hmm. something you love deeply, and, and you realize you don't do that for yourself. I don't think most people deeply take care of themselves and literally say like, it's okay. I love you so much. You're doing such a good job. Keep it up. Keep it up. That doesn't matter. You're totally good. You're like gonna, you're gonna we don't better. speak to ourselves that way. Right. Isn't it amazing? And it gives me the chills saying it now because it's still very new to me and I'm feeling it deeper and deeper when I do do it. Before it was a little bit more like I was saying the words but not feeling the feels. And now I'm starting to feel the feels when I talk to myself that way. And it's, it is, the body reacts. Like I feel oh, yeah. organs soften. I feel my muscles open up. And, a, and also like a little shake, like, oh, okay, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> so I do want to uh, just talk a breakdown a little bit of what you said because mm-hmm. it is something you've become so natural at in a cool way. But when you talk about just before your feet hit the floor, having some gratitude thoughts, um, 
thinking about uh, just something positive or uh, running through your day when you're brushing your teeth. What you're really saying from a scientific standpoint is you're trying to get people to the back of the head. Because okay. the front of the mind sure. is really racing all the time. Yeah, the, the minute go. we wake up, yeah. grab your phone, who's texted, who's what emails. And so we're in front mind loaded. And I talk about this a lot in the podcast because I really want people to understand from different people's perspectives and even from different people's descriptions what why this is so important. It's so important. Gratitude itself is really a great thing. But what it does, you say, think about something that you're grateful for. Well, that you have to go to the back of the mind for. Mm-hmm. So you're already starting to exercise the back of the mind because you're in a bigger space. Then you have to zoom out. And again, you're exercising back of the mind. And to run through some gratitude from something and in, in, in zoom out in, from this bigger picture, that is the exercise of the back of the brain. And that process is really important. When you're doing some heavy front-loaded activity like brushing your teeth and you start running through the mindfulness of your day or even planning your day or uh, thinking about um, just loving yourself or being able to look in the mirror and just try to smile through the, through the uh, yeah, foam yeah. <laughs> on your teeth. Um, so... <clears throat> And if you've drooled one or two times in the course of brushing your teeth, you either it's because you're laughing or because you've went back of the brain. That means you're doing it right. Back. You lost. You lost <laughs> the front of the brain. You lost yeah. all control. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, drooling. So, so uh, just FYI, you might want to brush your teeth before you put your nice clothes on, because <laughs> yes, I can tell you definitely. between the laughter and the thoughts, there's plenty of times there's been drool on, mm-hmm. on myself. Nice. Um, no, but in all seriousness. That's what you're starting to ask people to do. And mm-hmm. so whether it is gratitude, which is great, it, it can't be front of the mind gratitude. It can't be front of the mind planning. When you start saying, well, plan out your day, what do you want your day to look like? you got to think, if I was as happy as I could be, if I was as peaceful or as confident or as calm as I could be, what would I look like going into that meeting today or texting that person or mm-hmm. doing whatever it is mm-hmm. that we're doing? Mm-hmm. It's that exercise of the back of the brain that you've come to know so well that you're asking people to do through these very functional things. And I love, your mind's brilliant in so many ways, but I love the matter-of-factness of your mind. I love the simpleness of your mind because there doesn't have to be some big glamour to it. It doesn't have to be some complicated process. Right. Yeah. And, and your mind works in such a brilliant way, and that's a big thing I talk about and, you know, we've worked on. It's just simple, simple, simple. Yes. Simple isn't doesn't mean easy. Mm-hmm. I think people have a connection between those two words. So I, I, I always preface simple with, it doesn't mean it's easy work because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think when I say it's simple that I'm saying it's easy. So simple simplicity is just the essence of something, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the most, um, in flow, but powerful piece of something, right? Right. Easy is something that like you already do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it wouldn't be hard. If it's new it. and simple, it's not easy. That's simple is hard, can be difficult or harder work once the simplicity isn't about the ease, right? Yeah, and if you ever want to understand this, let's go to your other point that you made, which was it's truly self-love. Truly self-love. Like real. Like, and that's a journey. And it is. But if It's you not even, a switch. If you even think about simply looking in a mirror mm-hmm. and then closing your eyes and trying to see that same person and smile at that person, mm. that's a simple act. Yes. But very difficult to accept. When yes. you're closing your eyes and trying to say, I love you in your mind's eye, try to say, I love you in your heart space. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, that was an extremely difficult, from a simple practice, but a very difficult thing to do. Energetically, it, it, there's this push and pull for some reason um, that I don't know if it's just, it's like awkward mm-hmm. when you first start. Loving on yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really awkward. Yeah. Because we never ever, I have never ever have loved on myself. Most people. We, we grow up learning that that comes from your mother, or your father, or your caretaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never put on to us to love ourselves and our culture. Plus it's like, it's all about loyalty to others, never yourself. It's about loving others, giving first, giving, and then you'll yeah. receive from other people. Yes. It's never giving to yourself and receiving from yourself. It's always this external thing. Yes. And you must first give before you can receive all these concepts that are out there. And mm-hmm. um, love is a sacrificing thing. You got to sacrifice yourself to love others. That that comes in family and nature, and it comes in based on human programming. Yes, not real truth, but human programming. 
So that's why it's so That's difficult. a lot. That's a big concept for most people to, to be like, oh, yeah, I, I can see that. I agree with that. Yeah, tell me more. Well, that it's just we've attached po- so many positive uh, ingrained and taken without critical thought that all of that is true. Give before you receive, sacrifice for love. But those are knowings <clears throat> in, in most human walking around worlds. Right. Like you could, you, I've had That's conversations. That's like glass is clear. Yeah. So, to, so to, for, to say that that is not true Mm. that that's a concept that that's out there in the world but you don't have to believe that way or walk that way or live that way and then you have this like well then is it selfish well then it's selfish well that's mm. not right either which also is what society will tell you correct so i'm just breaking that down because uh-huh. what you said is a boulder of a, of a concept statement. sure yeah it's a big bold statement so but once you start the practice of self-love um you you feel how lit up you get inside, mm-hmm. how much more grace you have for yourself, it naturally flows to everyone around you. Right. So it's not like you, you actually get a better effect of give, mm-hmm. nurture love to others, um, a, a more simple in essence in flow effect mm-hmm. um, than giving with sacrifice or loving like the, the concept you were talking about. But to get there... It might feel awkward. It might feel like you're being selfish. It might feel like you're taking time for yourself when you should be giving it to someone else because that's what you already knew. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have all those feelings. I would just implore people to give it a shot. Yeah, because I've had a lot of people not necessarily fight me on it, but really have a hard time buying into it. It's a big concept that. But it, because of true. how deeply you said it is a knowing. It's a knowing. And and for me to come in and start breaking things differently it but here's something that people can't argue if okay. your cup is empty you cannot give anything to somebody else. best analogy and what we do is we have this philosophy of if we have a cup that has water in it we'll give it all away eventually we will die of thirst and what happens is how that translates is people give to everyone else give to everyone else and then they get sick and so the body then forces them to refill but not by choice, but some sickness, whether it just be something a cold. drastic, yeah. but, but it's taking you out of flow. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a cold. It, it sure. doesn't have to be some crazy sickness, sure. although there's that too. Sure. Um, and it forces people to slow down. Sometimes people just get so drained and they're like, oh, I just, I can't deal with anyone. And they get like so overwhelmed and they retreat by choice, not because of sickness, but just by choice of feeling. I like, used to do that. Yeah. I was the master of retreating. Yeah. And then you try to find some of yourself back and then you go right back to getting. Yeah. And like, the- I need to be home alone with nobody in the dark yeah. <laughs> for like two hours, two days. Right. But the problem with that is, and what you used to, to know is that you can never grow that way. You can only No, you manage- stay at this at that same level. It's a, ma- yeah, it's kind of like a base level, not healthy mm-hmm management maybe barely Barely managing barely managing i know for me i was slowly and i like to thought i'd like to think that i was managing but i was slowly getting worse i don't know what it felt like oh i was getting worse because i was going into taking all that out on myself so it was like negative self-talk negative self-actions around like for me it was control issues with food and um not treating my body well with like you know eating disorder edges, right. you know, fringe. fringe. Um, and so, and when I lived alone and at that time in, in New York city, I got, I, there was so much coming at me all day long and then so much pressure at work. And, um, I didn't have, I hadn't created a family yet and I wasn't a big friend outreach person. I pretty much had myself, but I wasn't loving on myself yet. Mm-hmm. So myself could only get me so far. Like I now have so much gratitude for that piece of my life because I kept myself going barely to the point where like one day I just literally, by then I was in San Francisco, I woke up, something inside of me was just like, we're not doing this anymore. It's done. And mm-hmm. it was like moving on yeah. next day. And I changed and it was scary and I had to... Um, uh, be okay with all of the cause and effects that happened to me and my body when I made this decision. But it was like something in me knew, like this can't continue. You just have to go this other direction and it's all going to work itself out. Like it's going to take some time. And I innately knew that. Um, so, but when you, when you love on yourself and you're your reason 
for feeling full, mm -hmm. not something external. Um, that cup you were talking about of water, it, it never really empties. No, it's always, it's overflowing so and you're sharing. To go back flows, to that, yeah. then you can just be sharing that. And when you, there are days where I don't feel as full, maybe I need to up, maybe I need a break, maybe I need re rest is something I'm trying to do a lot more. That's another thing. Our culture is like, go, go, go. How much can you produce? I mean, my brokerage is a producing brokerage and um, that's like the, the front you know, the leading, one of the leading attributes of, of our agents is we're producers. And, but you can produce and not kill yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like culture is like produce and kill yourself at the same time. Right. Like there's this like, you know, I only slept this much and I'm working out and going out and doing all this in between. And like, and that means you're successful. That means you're successful. That's what is out there. That's what society says. That right? to me is not successful. So, so rest is another thing, another like counterpiece to, to something that we're all on this treadmill about. Yeah. Well, when you started doing this work, and, and you've been open and public about this, that's why I'm sharing it. Is like sure, of course, anything. Right. But um, you know, you were consistently for several years uh, a good what five to seven about a thirty thousand dollar. A year, oh, a year yes. income producer. Correct. Mm -hmm. And when you started going inward and started doing self-love, mm -hmm. you didn't change your marketing. You didn't change what you did. If anything, I did less of the things I was doing in terms of outward, prospecting. Outward active, outward active actions, yes. In real estate. In real estate. And you went from $30,000, and in one year, you hit three hundred. Yes. $300,000, yeah. all by not doing one external action, but only working Internal. on yourself, loving yourself, which is a huge statement. And I have tons of clients that go through big financial shifts like that for the same reason. But that for you is, um, and, and the money is designed to be, and by the way, money is not, is not uh, something that is, is uh, ignored when you're working on spirituality, mm, no. when you're working yes. on self-love. Because it's an energy. Yes. Yeah. And in money is meant to be a reflection of how you love, see, and know yourself. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it was doing for you. Yeah. I didn't know that then. So I still, I'm still um, receiving that year. And that year was 2015. Mm -hmm. So we're five, five years later. I still think about that number and the amount of abundance that came. I'm still receiving that. <laughs> like yeah. I still have work to do on that. It's okay, first of all, to make that much money. Mm -hmm. Like I had that in my head. Like yeah. like whatever that that worth, the self-worth piece of like, not that I ever in a sentence or I could have said to you, oh, I don't think I'm worth X amount of dollars. It just felt real uncomfortable. But it felt really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now to, to know it as an energetic gift of the work that I was doing and the, and the I took a big leap pathwise maybe within that year to it's like a reflection or a of that that feels really nice yeah. but my old construct I still struggled with what that was right because when when it comes to love and you have to sacrifice yourself to love you also have to sacrifice your wealth and abundance to be out there in the world and you talk about the grind and like sleeping three yeah, hours, grind, all yeah. that stuff um the concept now is to just live in a place of love in abundance of self. And this is an, another illusion. It's like, if I asked you to teach me um, the aerodynamics of rockets right now, and it's not something you've ever learned, which to this date, I'm pretty sure you don't know that, right? Correct. There's no <laughs> way you could explain to me or take me through the understanding of what it was like. You couldn't share that with me. True. The thing is, is we have this illusion. Like, you might be able to to think you have it figured out just based on what you saw Rocket do, you know, when it got launched. Sure. From, you know, from, maybe, hardly from, maybe, yes. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> sure, we could make something up, right? Yeah. Because our yeah. ego could easily convince come us up that with we could figure it out. The thing is, is you just truly, if you don't know it, you can't share it. Yes. That's just a simple fact. Yes. Love's no different. So if you don't know an inner love that is a truly unconditional mm. love, mm -hmm. a truly accepting kind of love if you don't know that within you can't share mm. you can share what you think you've witnessed love in the movies or in a show or mm -hmm. what your parents did or whatever but whatever version of love that you really know that's all you can really share and so if you're really missing a piece of self-love then there is 
in your children or in your family or your friends some kind of version of conditional love that isn't the biggest version of love you could experience. Ooh. And that's another one of the trans- transformations you've went through. Going through, yes. <laughs> uh, well, sure, we're all going to continue, although you are magically a loving soul and being. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I try to stay very connected to it. It's, I, I still, I hear from people all the time, and, and you teach classes now at North & Co. on manifestation and, and other, actually. Mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, mindfulness, and, and those are things you're going to start teaching other places, right? That's the goal. I have yeah. it in my vision. That I haven't would... yet, and I haven't taken any steps besides writing it down. Sure. And there's a couple places. There's your own location that you could have your own home. Open up yes, your home. I could. Places like this that you could True. open up to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's little spaces you could rent, but that's going to be amazing to see you do that in 2020. Mm, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> and just subtle drops. <laughs> Dropping little. This is where the external partner of help comes in. Like there are things when you're going through learning how to love yourself or connecting more to nature, to connect to yourself. And the things we were talking about earlier, you asked what could people do. And the list is like journaling, meditating, yoga. I mean, these are things that are available to everyone and, and you know, with the internet, not necessarily cost you anything. Zero. Right? Um, that, that can get you there. Mm-hmm. But you get in your own way a lot because you have these patterns and these thoughts and you're attached to emotions, attached to the patterns and thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, to be a third party, to be a mirror. And friends can be a mirror, a great friend can be a mirror, like an accountability partner Mm -hmm. um, to do work with. If you don't wanna have like necessarily a coach type relationship, you could have a friend that you do it with. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend who started offering just to her circle, to once a month say what you were working on, and she would just text to check in with you, help keep you on track. I call it, it's kind of like what my parenting style is, I call it like the bumpers in the bowling mm-hmm. alleys that they fill up so that you can hit the pins. Mm. So like you're gonna go, you're gonna weave, and it's not gonna be a straight line, and but there's someone there to kinda, mm. so you don't get too far off that path. In the beginning, I think it's very, very helpful. Hard mm. to do for yourself. So this was a little bumper moment. <laughs> total bumper moment for me yes and for me and, and for everyone who's on this journey they're going to find their own way and do it in 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 just within their own space but even like within real estate uh, what's really cool is you've chosen to take mindfulness into a way of life not just as a family person not as just as a mother or a wife but as a businesswoman too this mm-hmm. mindfulness and and tell us a little bit about that like what's your what's your actual kind of um your website and tell us about just the, the, the way you show up that way. Okay. And this was part of the process was getting to the point of, like, how do I do real estate? So I've, this is the most excited I've ever been to do my job. Um, so my website is mindfulagent.com. And mindfulness is just part of who I am now. So it's also part of how I do business. And if you could define mindfulness for people. In real yeah. estate? Yeah. In, yeah, sure. That would be perfect. So yeah. I think that typically in real estate... Um, and I, I do residential real estate, but in real estate in general, there is um, the overall essence or vibe is frantic, uh, question marks, um, not trusting necessarily the person you're working with or the information you're getting or that you have it all, or is there another option, all that space? Um, what do I really want? And then there's just a lot of, of the negative um, emotions which are like worry fear doubt they those kind of run the escrow they run the show when you're buying and selling a home that's where most people's heads are yeah okay because it's a big thing it's a big it's a big thing and and you don't have an agent like you have a doctor like you don't see them all the time you only see them when you're doing this one thing so you may or may not have one that you trust you might be starting a new relationship while you're going into this highly negative experience and intense by time and by what's going on and by the amount of money that we're talking about when you're buying or selling a home. Um, So a mindful agent and what what I do in business is the opposite of that list. So create a lot of trust, open communication. Instead of frantic, the goal is flow. Um, Taking the air out of the worry, fear, doubt balloon and just letting people know there's always a solution. It's a solution-based 
approach to real estate. There's always an option. And there's points along the way in whether you're looking to sell or looking to buy in the escrow, right, or getting ready to close, there's things that can come up. It's not like things can't go wrong. That is the nature Plenty of the beast. the nature of the beast, right? Yeah. Um, but to know on a deep level, because I know on a deep level, and I'm holding her hand through this process, that there's always a solution, option, or other, you know, um, safe place to land. Nothing can come up that we can't find an answer to or right. fix. So when it comes to real estate, I mean, there's a lot of, I would say, uh, good realtors when it comes to mechanics. Mm -hmm. As far as you knowledge, have to have the mechanics. Yeah, that's kind that's of a no. set of, yeah mechanics. You know, of how to write a contract and and how to make an offer and how to negotiate, you know, counter, how to negotiate. There's mechanics to real estate. Correct. But that's not what you're talking about, is it? No, no. So seasoned agents have mechanics. There's a lot of seasoned agents. Um, you have to know the contract because you because the contract dictates you know when you get money's going non-refundable or yeah. you you can't say you can't back out of the deal. All those rules within the contract you have to know intimately, right? Yeah. Uh, negotiating, uh, networking. To you know we're in a low inventory market right now, so that's a real um, asset to find properties because that's the the hardest thing to do. That's the most challenging thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, but the mindfulness piece is lays over all of that. So it's an arc above the mechanics where I don't know, maybe most people don't even think about it in, our, in this profession. I haven't seen it, though I have worked with cross agents who can get right in flow with it. Those are that's amazing. Those transactions are amazing because if you set the if you set the whole thing up to be positive and partnering in partnership with your seller. So it's not just you and your client, it's you, your client, the other, the other client and their agent. The, and then plus the title and escrow in between and the lender. So there's a lot of people involved. It's not just the, the two of you against the world, right? right. Um, so partnership, um, positivity, um, a deep knowing that, that because, we, because in the beginning we talk about what's truly important, truly important, and there's almost the a coaching aspect for you there too, yeah. right? Because if it's if I'm listing my home with you, I may have emotional reasons for listing at this price or Correct. that price. And you've got to kind of coach me into a truth. And if we're not in partnership, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then there's there's also, if I'm buying a home, I might have emotional reasons for wanting to buy a home. And maybe those aren't really honorable to my biggest path. Because usually when we're in our heavy emotions, mm -hmm. fear, don't worry, we're not usually doing things at our highest path. Yep, and and that can um, make it so that we end up in a home that is either overpriced or there's a choice out of desperation or there's a you know a settling. There's, there's, mm -hmm. You're settling because you're fearful that you're not going. This is as best as you can do. You know, there's a lot of those emotions. So mm -hmm. talk about the coaching and the partnership piece there because it's not just like you. you whatever I say, you got to do. That's not how it works with you personally. Correct. No, I can do that too. I have. Those clients exist too, but so because some people are very clear about what's happening, and, and that would be more on the like investment end of things, right? Where it's more numbers, and that's a, that's a little that's a different ball of wax. Right. But for for most clients, um, you know, it starts with how the relationship starts, which is open communication, um, really getting to know the person and and what their true goals are. And that comes from asking questions from ex, you know experience of doing this a lot of times. Uh, you know, I can get a pretty good read on where somebody is when I first meet them um, with how they're feeling about it. And then I can ask questions to help them find their own truth or get close to it, mm -hmm. even if maybe they don't really know. Um, and, and so there's a discovery period for people when we work together. And that I would perceive as the, co for me, I know that a as little the coaching. coaching. Sure. Yeah, you could sure. call that the coaching. Um, Another thing I'm going to do, uh, and so I'm putting it out there, you can all hear me, being my own accountability partner now, is uh, I had the idea to do um, a visualization for buyers and sellers mm. where you it would be short, you know, five, six minutes that people could use while they're working with me. Um, that would be, I'm going to do general ones, but I might start doing custom ones for certain people if it made sense. To keep them in the frame of mind? To keep them in the frame of mind of what what are we looking for? What, what are the, what is the true goal that will make you completely happy? What are the things maybe that don't matter 
that you know we can get lost in it's to kind of stay at, so one is to kind of like keep you focused and super in touch with the ultimate goal the simple the essence goal but also it keeps you um grounded when things might get unsure, worry, fear, doubt, right? It can keep you grounded in what we know. So that you have this little nugget of knowing that the, the two of us have together that's just us for this journey that we're doing, and we can both come back to it whenever we need or do it consistently, and then it'll, it'll enhance um, the manifestation of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And this is where I want to really break down, and, and it, as you can see, I get a little excited uh. about the, the, the goosebumpies. Um, it's because I, I wanted to press a little bit more because for people to understand what it means to live mindfully and to integrate that into your business, you're not, you're not doing anything strange. You're, I mean, just deciding you wanted to partner with people. Yes. Just deciding you wanted to really get to the deeper truth. You said that, which was a really beautiful thing to say, to the deeper truth of what they want and why they want it. Mm-hmm. And to coach them through that process. And, and that's just to get out the door. Yes. You know, that, that's the key to get out the door. And, and I truly be that, believe that's been one of the huge reasons for your next level of abundance that you've received and, and, and where you're headed. And a numb person could have never been in touch with others. No, because the, the, the knowing that I can help other people find in, in this little box of real estate um, can only happen because I'm coming already with a knowing of self mm-hmm. in real estate. Yeah. And I didn't always have that. So that was work for me to get to a point where I had the knowing of myself in real estate in a way um, to, without relying on you know a, a partner or a, co- a team, co- like a leader, mm-hmm. um, uh, to do it myself, and then as that muscle has grown, like we were saying before, from consistency, and you know, it. I was scared to go into my first enlisting appointment by myself. Mm. Really scared. I had to sit in my car, mm-hmm. breathe, get really open. I had a visualization that was helping me stay grounded, helping me keep the truth running, and I got it. And it was like, okay, I know I can do this. And like each time that happened, it built that muscle. And now I operate in a, in a much more open flow way where um, I want to be as open and transparent and clear about how I work and how the process will go because it's not going to be a fit for everyone. And if it's not a fit, that's okay too. Right. And I didn't before it was like I was holding on so tight to the dollar. Now it's like we were talking about money. The energy of money is flowing around. It's not my end goal. It is just part of the work that I do that it comes, Um, that was a huge leap for me. Because in real estate, you don't say no to business. Mm -hmm. Ask anybody, right? Um, It's it's very um, interesting to get to a place where you can, for me, to be open enough and knowing enough with myself to, to offer this, knowing that the people who are ready and want to work this way, we're going to have this incredible experience. And beyond just like finding the home or selling the home for the right amount or more than or all of that, a true connection. There's a level of, um, of love and energy and connection that, that comes with it that just doesn't, you can't create in any other way. And and the, the, the house buying process is such a big deal. It's typically everyone's biggest purchase they'll ever make. Yes. And it's meant to be something that's enjoyable, fun, intimate. And if I'm working with somebody like you, the level of love that can be experienced, joy, happiness, which is what it should be. And that's really what you bring to the table. And you won't sacrifice yourself anymore. Absolutely, no. For somebody who doesn't buy into that concept. Well, I mean, I'm a business person. So it doesn't have to be like the people who are ready for that get get the depth of it. Right. But there's all kinds of levels of it. I have a surface level of mindfulness. If you are extremely direct, um, I have I have a current client who's extremely direct and has very limited time and a very specific goal. And so I'm very mindful to be um, with my word choice, to keep it completely efficient, to follow up on everything so he's not wondering what happened um, and to honestly tell him what we need to do to reach the goal constantly. So that's a real different feeling than the ooey-gooey I was just talking about. Right. But that's still mindfulness in, in real estate. Right. Because I'm, I'm meeting him where he needs... Where he's at. That's the job. 
mm-hmm. right? So, so mindfulness, ha- well, th- there's a the spectrum. of your own integrity. No, I'm not values. worried that I'm going to get not, in trouble if I don't. he's not verbally beating you up and you're not allowed no, in that kind no, of No, but no, but me five years ago couldn't have handled this client right. in this way. It would have been stressful for me and then in effect for our client. Right. So now... Because realtors are human beings who aren't in a nine to five where you can be at your desk and then you get the star and then you move on, we're out in the world without a real schedule except what we have going on. Um, you know, there's not a lot to ground you. So it, and it's a tough business. So it's really easy to be lost and to be always giving and be empty. Right. So if you're coming from a full cup instead of an empty cup, you can, you can create an offer an experience to people that is more, um, you know, higher rate of success in a faster time, that's, that's an effect of mindful real estate, right? Um, deep connection. I have a client who, um, it's the first client who came through my website. So mindfulagent.com, I got an email. Typically those are to follow my blog. Um, it was the first one that was kind of saying, hey, I, I think I want to sell my house. Can you give me a call? And um, her name is Linda. And because it came through the website, I even had to up. I realized I wasn't being as mindful in my business as I was even thought I was being because she chose me based on mindfulness, the first client who came to me that way. And it just amplified every level of mindfulness for me in business. And it was even more flowy and more amazing, even though what we were trying to accomplish had challenges and everything worked out. And so she's dear to me and I'm dear to her and we have a deep connection. So there's a full spectrum of how the mindfulness can work for someone. But but with the foundation for you, the honor, the integrity, how you show up stays consistent. It just may look slightly or even in a, a opposite ends of the spectrum differently depending I'm on really the, open to the client's needs. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I'd say is is this formula that you speak of if you're somebody sitting at a desk, if you're somebody who's a salesperson, if you're a leader of a company, it really doesn't matter if you understand the concept of partnership, have deeper intentions, to choose that you just want to show up differently in your business mm-hmm. or in your life. Mm-hmm. And own the experience more, which is what you're really doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's possible. And some of your mindfulness classes and, and, and things like talk and break some of this stuff down, right? Yes. The yeah. manifesting class is really the most broken down. But yeah, I take those kind of larger concepts where there's a lot of ways you could go with them in your head and to try to start and try to give a, a real toolbox and roadmap so you can get started mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool, really cool thing. It's fun. It's really fun to teach. It keeps me super connected to it, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I benefit probably more than anyone in the room. And that's <laughs> that's the other thing is is, is this. It's almost as if the the classes kind of chose you. That's how this work for me has felt. It chose me. Manifesting one hundred and one chose me. That came through like when you're falling asleep and something's coming into your head and you can't. You, you can't go to sleep. You have to write it down. Mm-hmm. Well, typically that was something that I was worried about. That's how I know that feeling. And then until I got it on paper, I wouldn't have been able to sleep. This was a definition of manifesting that was so clear. And I mean, I ha- like had to share it with people. Yeah. It, it came to me. And so, yes, it chose me in that way. Yeah. And, and it's cool because it's, you don't share it as a need. So that makes you feel better. It's not something that that you have to do because it's part of your purpose or your mission. It's this thing that just overflows, just like the concept we were talking about, right? Yes. It was a gift from the universe that came through me, and those are, when those start happening or you start noticing them, if they're already happening, um, they're very special. They're very grounded, and they're very, like we were saying, the truth, the peop- the knowing of concepts that we all walk around with, that's like a deep knowing that, that you maybe have no reference point for, but that you just feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a fun thing. And, and again, that class, really, the opportunity isn't so much to give to other people. It's how you can grow more by even teaching the class. Yes, personally, and, yes, absolutely. And, and every time I sit in, in the chair, even doing this podcasting stuff, you know, people have been asking me to do this for, like, 
three or four years, and I've just been like, eh, uh, Why the hesitation? Because, one, there was a timing thing. I was traveling a lot. I mean, all excuses, really. I mean, I could have done it in any way, shape, or form before. I just feel like now I'm in a position where I truly am comfortable putting myself out there in a different way. Because mm. I've kind of liked the um, anonymity that I've had, and mm-hmm. I've liked flying under the, the radar in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is, is the universe has always been pushing me to get out there more, out there more. And, and last year was one of the big pushes. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm like, you know, I'm ready to step up and go into bigger, uh, and I think I even said arenas. Okay. And literally then, then I... Then you got Madison Square Garden. Yep, Madison I mean, Square Garden. Come came. on. Yeah, so <laughs> I chose at the beginning of last year, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to step out there more. <laughs> and then, like, the next thing I knew, I was leading uh, a, a, a group at Madison Square Garden, which was really cool. And so um, I've been slowly doing it more. I'm starting to get into more social media now and things like that um, mm-hmm. for different reasons. But I just now realize how important it is to not only share from this bigger space because the content I mean, I have giant libraries of content. I can't even imagine that because you know because the work you do. Yeah, yeah. I have libraries just from my sessions. Yeah, and I'm one person. And I always find it fascinating too because you come to a lot of the the group stuff that Mm -hmm. I speak at or teach. I love the group classes. And I'm like, man, like, what is she gonna get out of this? Because we do so much work together. There's always a nugget. Yeah, or reinforcement, or someone will ask a question in a different way because everyone comes from their own perspective, Mm -hmm. and so to learn from other people kind of is more what I'm doing there than learning from you. Right. Does that make sense? hundred percent. So that, I love group settings. It's the same thing at North & Co. When, when Brian North teaches sales skills, I went to that class 700 times because but I'd always get a nugget, even though I knew it front and back because someone else would ask a question about how to run an open house or you know how to do this in a deal. And, and it would bring something up we'd never talked about before. And so the same with your classes. Someone will ask, well, like, how do you, how do you, can you keep your cup full? Right. Right. And then you'll say something that we've never gotten to. Right. So I love a group setting and I love, I love, I was always, like I said before, trying not to connect with everyone and just go in and mm-hmm. retreat. And it's taken a long time to, for me to see and know that, that all of us are teachers it's just being open enough to receive from the people around you. Right. Um, and feeling like you have the energy. And the only reason the you energy, have the energy yeah. now is because you're giving to yourself so fully true. that you just share whatever it Also, And you never get tired. Yeah, true. I feel sometimes like, wait, I'm supposed to be tired or sick by now. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Do I need an emergency? You know? And then that's like that old programming of what my body knew or the brain knew. The body didn't know that. Um, to do. Yeah. Can we transition to health, yeah. your health? Yeah. Um, and not in any like health problems necessarily, yeah. but more, tell me what like training has been like for you now with mm. this elevated food, sure. any of these uh, topics that mm-hmm. I, I feel like are really important for people to hear from your perspective mm-hmm. on food, exercise. Tell me more about how this growth has okay. changed you. Sure. Life. I sort of came, I was living in the, um, in the, food and exercise to sort of punish the body more than love on the body, mm-hmm. to make it be something that other people externally wanted. Um, and I wanted to because of the external um, reaction, benefit, what have you, sure. um, to be skinny, to be muscly, to be whatever, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that is for you. Um, so for me, it was more of a punishment, so I wouldn't eat enough or I would eat like all sugar, but then I'd like exercise it all off. And it was like this negative um, loop I was in with, uh, it gave me a place to control things. Mm -hmm. So that felt good. Um, And so through this work, I've learned that body movement is actually very meditative and can be very mindful. And as you start to love on your body, the same way you love on yourself, meaning like talking to yourself in your mind, but love on your body like talking to it instead of um like pushing it so hard that it changes like cellularly it changes so as I went from 
okay, beating myself up at the gym to like, let's just be more mindful with the movements I'm doing so I don't get injured in my shoulder all the time. Mm -hmm. So I went there first. So then I was just got, I slowed down and I was doing the same things, but I was doing them more mindfully. Then I got to, um, didn't do that as well as I probably could have because I got really injured and I couldn't walk. So I couldn't do any of my hit classes or jump around or um, do the same squats and all the stuff I was doing in the gym. So I, my only option was yoga. So, but the universe was like, fine, if you're not going to listen, we're just going to hurt you till you go <laughs> get in the yoga room. And I'd never done yoga. I was anti-yoga because it, it involves connection and I was scared or didn't know or yeah. didn't understand what that was. Yeah. And even to that beautiful female essence, that, that was another area. You oh, that my female was definitely, um, what's the right word? Suppressed? Suppressed. That's the right word. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, once I, my injury healed, I kind of like kept the yoga cause I loved it and I could feel because I was already doing some work that adding that in made me feel into my body more, but I kind of tried to do both that and the workouts I used to do, but that fell away really fast. And then it just became yoga. Yeah. Um, are you doing any strength training at all? I've start, just started to work it back in. You gotta come up here. We gotta do some more stuff. Yeah. Haven't we trained once before? Yes, on the TRX. Yeah, I mm -hmm. really... Because mindful training lovingly with your body, um, the body is so unbelievably insane as a machine. When you add in the love piece, it just goes to another level. Mm. And and I maybe you had said that to me or maybe I had seen that from people, but until you do it yourself and you know it, I just don't think you... No, you just don't know, yeah. right? And so now it's not like food. So that was all body external, but then there's also the piece of what you're putting into your body. Um, I was always health-minded for the sake of being thin. I was never health-minded for the sake of nurturing my body. Mm. So that was the shift. Yeah, so choosing foods, not because, oh, this won't make me fat. Correct. But to choose a food because, you know what, this says to my body, Love it. Right? Mm -hmm. Or choosing a workout, not because you need to get stronger in this way, because you're not enough, because that's what we, like, typically workouts in the gym is like, I'm not, not enough. enough. And it, it's choosing it because my body would love this mm -hmm. functional movement. Correct. This beautiful yoga. And, mm -hmm. and like you said before, at some point, I and I, I said this because uh, uh, Dilo was here, mm -hmm. um, and, which you know, um, in, on another podcast, and I truly don't believe we age as far as like we get more um, fragile or whatever else. I think it's our body just getting more tired of us, beating it up. Yeah, and not it's taking just, care of it, not and, loving it, and it just starts speaking up more. Yeah. So you can't get away with as much when you mm -hmm. get older, not because because the cellular body is actually fairly young. I mean, mm. most of the cells of the right, body right. It's like regenerating all the time. Yeah. Seven, yeah. In seven years, most every cell in the body will be brand new. And so if that's the case, then we really shouldn't age physically as much as we do. Mm -hmm. And there's theory that people live, you know, 150, 200, 300, 400 years. Pre-industrial, pre, pre, like long, long times ago? Pre, long okay. time, like Lao Tzu times, you know? Mm -hmm. um, okay. And so we've just become a society that we're, with the humanness, our human construct has broken down um, our body so much faster. And the uh, age of it has then match because the body can only do so much when you cut it it's meant to be perfect it heals on its mm, own it's amazing yeah you don't have to tell your heart to beat you don't have to tell the blood to flow or where the oxygen needs to go it's designed in this wisdom and that is so powerful everything you just said and for for anyone who's trying to incorporate and and maybe feel like they don't have gratitude they can't find a thing of gratitude um today or yesterday i thanked my heart for beating without me thinking about it mm. so even if you think you don't have anything to be grateful for you always have your body it's always working for you yeah. um, it's always talking to you and as you start connecting more with it and tuning in to it and giving it love like it it fills your cup yeah and so choosing it gives foods, it right back to you. Yeah, choosing those foods yeah. is an opportunity to say, I love you mm -hmm. and I'm grateful. Choosing honorable or mindful working out. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love the TRX. I mean, you have to be mindful. 
you have to. You have to, or you'll hurt, you'll injure yourself. Or or you just won't be in balance and you can't. (laughs) You'll fall. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah. And so the mindful work is, it creates such a beautiful partnership Mm. where you have to mentally let go and trust the body. There's Mm. a lot of that work Mm -hmm. that I, that's pretty much the only work I do um, with that. And that's the stuff you really learn to uh, and same with eating. Yeah. I mean, for men and women, but for women especially, and as a woman, the pressure to be a, look and be a certain way mm-hmm. is on a is on a fifteen out of ten, I right. think. Yeah. So, to change how you fe- think about what you're putting into your body, mm-hmm. I think is more important than working out. I think you could stop working out and focus on nutrition for a minute, like get that muscle going, yeah. um, because. It needs the right nourishment and the right rest. Yeah. And we're, we're out of balance on what we're doing to our bodies and not what we're giving to them. And I, that's 100% accurate. And um, there's the male and female energy are both within each. Mm, yes, each of course. Each gender. Yes. Um, and there's different ratios in each. Um, both are extremely important. Just like the human uh, mind, the human construct is actually extremely important. The universe, you can't have the bigger mind, the higher mind, or the universal mind, or the universe without humans, Human. and the humans without the universe. They both are required. You don't get, you don't forsake your humanness to try to be spiritual. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You have to have humanness because you have to have a place for the spirituality, the higher self, the bigger thoughts. And again, I say all these different things because spirituality can literally just mean think bigger. Think zoom out. Zoom just, out. Or it could mean channeling some connection to the universe, which is much like nature, which is easy. I mean, you look at a tree, it's not working hard to grow, to be to exist, especially in Arizona. You know, it's 115 degrees. It's sitting there chilling. Yeah. It's 30, which it got to. Yeah, it's, just it's sitting, sitting there, there chilling. chilling. You know, <laughs> drought, it's chilling. Yeah. A lot of rain. It's just, I mean, like, that's how na- we're meant to be that way. And that's mm. what I would say when you tap into the universe it's really just tap into like nature. If mm-hmm. that's as far as you want to go, it doesn't matter. The whole point is, is that that energy, that construct, can't happen without the human construct. Mm-hmm. Male energy can't happen without female energy, and they're both required in a healthy balance of both. Mm. Yeah. And so, whether you're a male or a female listening to this, it doesn't really matter. Ideally, though, because of the pressures of females and what that thing is, mm-hmm. to just take food or exercise. And use it as an opportunity to just tell yourself, I love you. Mm. That's huge because it is a ton of pressure. Yeah. Based on society. um, And that's a whole other conversation. But what I would just say in the short term of that is that, you know, the most powerful things we tend to try to hold back. And I truly believe the female energy, because again, Mother Earth and because of females in general, like the most powerful energy in all of us, myself included, is the female energy. And and then so the females out there are truly the most powerful of genders mm-hmm. and they're the most suppressed as a result suppressed i was suppressed female and i think most females because we're operating in kind of like a male energy dominated world uh suppress their female so even though like i wasn't saying women versus men but like we're operating with more male and suppressed female as women and and the power and everything you said is is the female it's the nurturer mm-hmm. the create the creative and the mm-hmm. nurturer yeah. and so when you can get that going whether you're a man or a woman in gender mm-hmm. find that energy in yourself to nurture yourself yeah. everything benefits right. just like a nurturing mother or a nurturing a plant right you have to nurture yourself yeah. Yeah, and, and there's always this joke out there that men couldn't have babies. And not only... <laughs> literally, literally, literally could not. Yes. Literally, <laughs> but also, like, we're not as tough as women, which I truly believe. Mm. And, and there is a real reality to the pressure. And, and mm. I, I would say the simple justification for the pressure is I think there's a real fear of things that are very powerful. And so um, I think there's this conscious slash subconscious over the course of time where women have been suppressed more yes. by society. And, and, I agree. and again, because it's not a male versus female thing, it's a natural human construct. Yeah. There's anything that's powerful, we tend to fear. Mm. You know, um, fear. nuclear power plant. Yeah. Very fear. scary thing. Yes. It's fear. extremely low. <laughs> you know, like um, there's things out there. So it's not even a, I appreciate you saying it's not a one versus the other. Go and, but that's why it's so important for everyone but and especially females because to find their your female 100% 
because the that's how we'll heal the world. Yeah, I mean that is that is the healing energy of the universe. Mm-hmm. 100%. We've we still about need this. the male. We can't, it's not about not having male energy because mm-hmm. the male is the action. So you can create an idea, but then you have to go take, you still have to have the balls to go take the action. Yeah. Excuse my pun. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. But no, and that's true. And I'm glad because we've had these conversations before. Yeah. And, and, and there was a time where you were almost dismissive of your male energy because you Correct. Were, I went, I retreated away from that one to get the, I just went out of balance in the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is. You're 100% accurate. Male energy is the action. Female energy is the creative. So if you want to manifest, you better be tapping into your female energy. You want to, you can make money in, in male energy, but man, is it a grind. I mean, 100%. Oh. And everyone, I know everyone listening can feel that. Yeah. Everyone knows that feeling. Male or female, it doesn't matter. It doesn't if matter. If you're creating, if you're trying to create Cre- wealth and abundance through the male energy. Exclusively. Exclusively. Action only. Yes. It is a grind. Grind. And if you, if you leave room for the universe's magic, you leave room for the creative to be a part of the action process. Mm-hmm. Some female energy. Mm-hmm. You have a much more natural and exponentially greater opportunity to make money than a one-to-one ratio. It feels too easy. Mm-hmm. When you start allowing it to come in, stuff will kind of flow a little bit, and you're like, whoa, that was too easy. It can't be that easy, mm-hmm. right? So naturally, because we know the other, the grind, mm-hmm. you're like, something's wrong. Right. That can't be that. That can't be. 100%. And you might go back to grind. Mm-hmm. So you might find yourself in the in-between a little while when you start playing with this. Mm-hmm. I've, I felt that way. I did too. Yeah. Same way. It, it's really hard because I came from that very uh, tough world of everything had to be a grind. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was like a badge of honor. If you, yeah. The harder you ground, sure. you grinded, the, the better it was and the more you earned it or whatever. And so if it was easy, it was uh, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it's it's you have to kind of feel into it when you make that if you start working on that shift. Yeah, and I love the body kind of propelled us into this, but I'm telling you, like, and I you know some of these stories, but people don't understand how powerful it is to manifest from the combination of action and a higher self, female self, universal self, because the, I, I've literally visualized receiving gold, and I've actually gotten paid in gold, like not some version like literally one ounce gold coins gotten paid in my hand say here powerful craziness everyone is is capable of that yeah and you have so many stories yeah just like that sure from your journey Mm -hmm. as you found the balance and in some one simple way to understand manifestation or understand this process is just start and we go back to the body and the food just start by choosing a food Choosing an exercise that says to your body, I love, love you. you. Yeah, one thing. One thing. Yeah. It's that simple. And it's, it's all the small things. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering how to get this started, it is not some big leap. It is a simple brushing your teeth, thinking some thoughts. It's a simple uh, gratitude in the morning. It's wiggling your toes and going, hey, hey. thank you. It's mm-hmm. the simplest of actions. Yes. And they just build. And Correct. you just keep adding and adding. Yes. That's the practice. <sighs> I love you. I love you too. That was super fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Yes. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, did you want to say anything about how people can find you like Instagram or sure? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you got? So my, um, website is mindfulagent.com. That's mm-hmm. probably the best place to find me. Yeah. Cause you can find everything else, everything there. else there. But my Instagram is Chris with a K K R I S M McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I'm at the Alfuentes. There you go. Because Alfuentes was taken. <laughs> mindful agent was available. <laughs> so I don't have the V. Just mindful agent. <laughs> All right. <laughs>